It's Wednesday, October 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, our man in Colorado, Tim Byers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Chris. Good to see you. Good to see you. We've got 5G news. And yes, of course, of course, we are going to talk about Facebook's attempt at a rebrand. But we are going to start with the latest results from Netflix. Profits came in higher than expected. Subscribers in the third quarter grew 4.4 million. That was solidly higher than expectations. And yet, shares down a little bit. Is this due to guidance for the fourth quarter? Is this because of growth in the U.S. and Canada was just 70,000 people? I mean, it's. I think it's a combination of both. But let's be clear about where we are with Netflix right now. This is Netflix's Jerry Maguire moment. It, it is show me the money time. That's what it is. Show me the money. And the good news here, Chris, is that Netflix was able to squeeze out a modest amount. It was only $82 million, but a modest amount of cash flow from operations during the quarter. But what this means, essentially, is Netflix is funding its own it's funding its business now. It's not going out to the debt markets and just raising new capital, you know, with abandon in order to fund shows. Now, that's not what's happening here. The content obligations rose they basically doubled year over year because last year was a COVID quarter, lots of production shutdowns, and still they managed to squeeze out some cash from this. So the reason it's down is probably those subscriber numbers, particularly here in US and Canada. It feels like this is a slower growth business now. But here's the positive side of that. It is a way more efficient business than it was. Let's remember, this is a company that's generating better than 20% operating margins, funding its business entirely from cash flow, and is the largest, essentially, direct-to-consumer entertainment provider in the world. In terms of the stock being down, I have to give credit to Bespoke Investment Group, because they had a a great chart that they tweeted out, um, pointing out that in the past eight quarters, shares of Netflix fell the day after earnings on seven Mm. of those eight quarters. And yet, when you look at the stock over that whole time, it's basically doubled. Isn't that interesting? I mean, talk about you know in investing. Like, if you try to invest at a point in time instead or instead of investing consistently and holding over a long period, you are much more likely to feel the the pain of you know just getting it wrong. Whereas if we're just willing to stick it out, and this is a business that's getting better. I think the story here, I mean, the story is, I haven't seen this headline yet, and I'm not saying anyone should steal this because it is a terrible headline. I mean, but Netflix did get a little squiddy with it, right? It's a terrible (laughs) headline. It's awful. And I do get it. And I apologize for the pun. But um, Squid Game was massive, something like 142 million uh, members reviewing this in in 94 countries, I think, Chris. It was the number one Netflix choice. Uh, That's amazing. And this is a Korean language uh, show. It is highly popular in South Korea, but it's become a cult classic. This is the business that Netflix is in. You have a very long tail business. You invest strategically, get some shows, that nobody knows about, and then they become viral hits. They are very, I mean, we don't give Netflix nearly enough credit for being really good users 
of capital. They are really good users of capital. They are. And I know, look, it's it's natural to focus on sort of the big number with respect to what Netflix spends every year in terms of their content. But to your point, they're very strategic about spreading their bets around. The old Hollywood adage you know, that nobody knows anything is true. When you look at over the past, let's just call it 12 months, yep. the two biggest hits, uh, or certainly two of the biggest hits, are Squid Game and The Queen's Gambit, right. which nobody, including people at Netflix, would have predicted these are going to be huge hits. Yeah, These are murder be ball monster. and chess. Murder ball and chess are going to be the big winners. Let's move on to Verizon because shares are up a bit despite third quarter revenue coming in lower than expected. They raised guidance for the full fiscal year. Um, is, is 5G adoption helping to juice their sales numbers? Because they certainly are promoting the hell out of 5G in their marketing. Of course they are. I mean, this is what happens every time there is an upgrade in in the network. I mean, and it took a while. I mean, we shouldn't, without going too far down a tech rat hole, Chris, whenever a company says like, we're moving from 4G to 5G or we're moving from 3G to 4, uh, 4G, that's a multi-year process. And there is always a lot of tech that's involved in staging that move to actual you know, the next protocol to 4G or to 5G. So it's happening, but it's happening slowly. But certainly there are 5G phones, there are 5G handsets, there is demand for that. And there was some pretty big numbers on the postpaid um, subscribers here, Chris. I mean, they did they did awfully well in terms of generating, uh, I believe it was 699,000 postpaid subscribers here. That was well ahead of expectations. And that may be part of what's driving this this higher here. So just some real, in the, whether or not we're talking about, you know, pure 5G, um, I don't know that we are, but I'm not sure that it matters. What we are talking about is faster handsets, new iPhones, people upgrading, getting on the Verizon network and improve Verizon network. And that does drive enthusiasm. And some of these phones really are true 5G phones. So yeah, I, I do think it is driving it to a degree. And the good news for Verizon is we're going to keep seeing this because the 5G upgrades will keep coming. Yeah, earlier in the week, um, Google had their um, event for the, the Pixel 6 phone. Um, and we talked a little bit about this on Motley Fool Money over the weekend. Um, the the early uh, stuff I've seen in terms of reviews and uh, from the, the consumer tech media um, was pretty positive. And I think if you're a business like Verizon, you're you're rooting for that. I mean, the, Google yeah. has, considering they've been at this for I think I think six years, um, the their market share for the Pixel is tiny. Um, right. So you you know if you're Verizon, you have to be rooting for them. Um, to increase that market share, give people more options, and get more people, you know, uh, subscribing for uh, Verizon services. There's no doubt. I mean, you want a wider pool. There, there is no doubt about this. You want, you know, a greater penetration of very high performance handsets. And the reason why is because you can charge. You know, you're you're more likely with a very high performance handset where you really want to do more with that phone. You may upgrade 
to a higher price plan. And one of the areas where Verizon was a little bit pressured here is on average revenue per user. I mean, it's down slightly, but it's still solid. It's like 4308, I think was the number that's down just a little bit. And the reason for the pressure on this is, you know, subsidies and things like that, because you are talking about $1,000 handsets, but still, um, the bigger and better those handsets get, the more likely it is Verizon and its competitors can move you into a higher price plan where you have unlimited data or other add-on services that you want and you're just willing to spend a little bit more. Verizon wants you in those in those big plans. So yeah, I don't think they're just rooting for the Pixel 6. I think they're rooting for iPhone refreshes every two years. Like I, I as much as we bemoan Apple and sort of its incremental upgrades with the the iPhone. You know who loves it? Verizon, right. <laughs> AT&T, T-Mobile. They love it. The Verge is reporting that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg is planning to formally unveil a new name for his company next Thursday at Facebook's annual AR VR conference. The name change is intended to reflect the company's ambition to be known for more than social media. This Tell me is, what you think. Well, this is, there are multiple things I think about this, but, and maybe this is just because of where my stupid brain goes, but I feel like this is the most epic trolling opportunity of all time. Because for those who do not know Facebook history, this the original name of the company was Face Smash. Would it not be the re, the most epic trolling opportunity of all time if Facebook went back to that? They won't. They won't because that's back to the Harvard days, but it would be. Here's the thing, Chris. I, you know, apparently part of this is that Facebook wants to better reflect its role in enabling the metaverse. And for those who don't know what the metaverse is, it's basically a digital reality. It's like you immerse yourself in a digital reality through maybe the Oculus headset or immersive video games or whatever it is. And Facebook wants to own this space. So as if $2 billion spent on Oculus in 2014 now makes Facebook, you know, Lord Commander of all things digital. I'm just not buying this at all, Chris. I think where this comes from more than anything, I, I think Zuck and some others really want us to forget that there are some dark sides to Facebook and a name change might steer people towards the more hopeful metaverse side of the narrative. I'm not sure I'm buying it, Chris. I think it's a smart move because I think you're absolutely right that um, a, a big driver of this, I mean, and uh, if I were in uh, a communications role at Facebook, I would absolutely be saying all these things about, oh, no, this is we have greater ambitions and that's why. And that may, in fact, be true. Yeah. But it's also true that changing the name enables them to essentially de-emphasize Facebook, Facebook the platform. It now becomes one in a portfolio of businesses for whatever this overarching company name ends up being. Um, I, I have in the past criticized companies for one reason or another for changing their name. Sometimes it's just a name I think is kind of dumb, like Trunk. 
and uh, and I get vindicated because uh, they end up changing back. Um, right. but, but more often than not, I'm wrong. More often than not, I've I've said I. Uh, you know, I, I don't think a name change is going to help this business. And, in, you know, sometimes it actually does. So I'm curious to see what happens here. Um, October 28th is the date of this conference. It's entirely possible the name gets leaked before then um, because this got leaked. And, right. you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but one of the things I was thinking this morning was that day in 2015 when the news broke out of the blue that Google was changing its name to Alphabet. Yes, I, this all, is exactly what I'm thinking about. Yeah, keep going. And, and all of us spent a couple of hours looking at each other, you know, back in the days when we would be in an office yeah. together, saying, wait, is this real? Is this a yeah. joke or is this real? Because it's not April right. 1st. What's going right. on here? Right, and, right. And, uh, you know, the company basically had to come out and say, no, we're not kidding. This is, this is real. Yeah, yeah. And so... Here is, and and maybe this is a question that that you can answer. Also, it does feel like, to your point of Facebook changing this and trying to establish that they are greater than a news feed and the accusations of fake news and toxicity and other things. We are bigger than that. We are about making a better digital world and whatever that name ends up being, do they follow the alphabet model where we're still going to know Facebook because we're still going to know WhatsApp and we're still going to know Instagram, but there's going to be this holding company around it that is something greater? Yeah, no, I think I, I think that's, um, you know, for investors, that's going to be really important to know. Like, w will this new name yep. also be accompanied by a new corporate structure? You know, part of the reason analysts, um, you know, once they uh, got over the fact that Google was changing their name to Alphabet, which really that first 24, 48 hours, there were... There, there were was consternation. Of, there I was remember. consternation. There was scratching of heads and there were plenty of jokes made. But when they unveiled the new corporate structure, unanimously analysts were saying, oh, this is, this is great because this gives us more insight into the business and right. how it works. It was, it was very intentional on the part of that company's management at the time. Curious to see if Zuckerberg and his team do the same thing. I'd say where this could go really right, so let's, let's play the positive side of this. Where this goes really right is if, to, to what you just said there, here is our new name and our structure and we are going to have reporting units that are called facebook instagram whatsapp and then other services oculus and other services so we can see it all broken out just like today when we look at alphabet i can see google cloud i can see what it's doing and i can see its operating margin and i can judge it as that part of the business if that happens if we get that from facebook I think you're right, Chris. I would predict this as as a win. If it is purely narrative to say we're bigger than what we were and we're just we're about the metaverse now and nothing material comes along with it, then I think it's a big missed opportunity. Last thing before I let you go, because we're we're now in the zone. We are we are close to Halloween. We're, we're in it. And so, therefore, uh, uh, an annual tradition, one of the annual traditions here at Market Foolery, getting overrated and underrated 
Halloween candy from you? I so we'll see if our man behind the glass Dan is gonna gonna hate me for this. We'll we'll see. Um, I think the most overrated candy of all time is a Jolly Rancher. A Jolly Rancher. And I'll tell you why. And they're everywhere. They are everywhere on Halloween, but they stick to your teeth. And like the the process of eating a Jolly Rancher is, I, I you know, you have to excavate your mouth after you eat a Jolly Rancher. It's horrible. It's horrible, Dan. I don't know why why you think I would be upset about you okay, talking good. the most sense I've ever heard on this show ever. <laughs> good, good. That's good. See, I. All right, good. I, I am I am appreciative of that. I am appreciative of that. Um, so, if that's overrated, what do you think is underrated? I'm going to go Australia on, on you on this one because our our former fool. Lynette Jackson sent to our, our former office in, in Colorado. We've since moved downtown, and someday we'll actually get to work in that office in downtown Denver. Um, but she sent us a box of Tim Tams. And, oh, baby. I don't know if you have ever had a Tim Tam, Chris, but it is a, a thin, um, I mean, they call them biscuits, but it's basically a, a thin cookie um, that's chocolate and it is I've I mean we're all friends here so I will not um, I'll be honest I could not stop eating them and I <laughs> ate more than my share than was deserved uh, right there in the office I was stuffing my face um, and uh, taking the share of other people in that office from <laughs> from what they should have had they're delicious Tim Tams are amazing and you regret nothing. Yeah, um, a couple of times, Scott Phillips, um, uh, who hosts the Australian version of Motley Fool Money, um, came to Full HQ, brought Tim Tams. Yes, they're amazing. I, I would love, and and maybe maybe they do this. Maybe um, maybe this is an opportunity. I don't know if they come individually wrapped. I mean, they come in sort of large packages, like that's like, true. Like you would a box of cookies. If they do individually wrapped, then yeah, I I would be all over those. I mean, they're 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 unbelievable. If they don't, my my runner-up would be the hundred grand bar, or back in my day, the hundred thousand dollar bar. Because come on, you know, you got a little nougat, you got some like, it's yeah, come on, you I'm know, you got the caramel. I'm right there with you on the hundred grand bar. Yeah, Tim Byers, great talking to you. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interests in the stocks they talk about, and the Monty Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show's mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.